You're listening to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm your host, Ida Glovic. I photograph intimate weddings and elopements in Europe. This is the show where I provide overwhelmed wedding photographers with the inspiration, tools, and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure of having such a deep and insightful conversation with Nadia Melli. We actually chatted for a couple of hours and I ended up having to trim it down a bit. Nadia is one of the very first photographers that I started learning from when I entered this industry. I first saw her live at a conference in Zurich, Switzerland and met her again at the Crefus workshop in Barcelona. Nadia is a portrait photographer currently based in the UK. She spent many years working as a destination wedding photographer before she decided to change her path because what she was doing did not feel aligned with her values any longer. In this episode, Nadia shares openly and honestly about her journey, experiences, and the importance of living an intentional life. I really hope that you enjoy our conversation and gain a whole lot of value from it. Thank you, Nadia, really, for joining me. I'm so glad we are making this happen. Yeah, Nadia, I've been following you online for a good I don't know six years seven years you're Mm -hmm. one of the first people I came across you know so I've seen the transition I've seen the changes I've seen how you become more open online you know and I really respect it I I really see what you're doing and I think that you've encouraged a lot more people to do that you know and I think when you see others being brave to do that it gives you that bravery to also Mm. be more open Mm. authentic speak your mind share your beliefs your values you know even though with that comes you know backlash it's just unavoidable or judgment and all that fun stuff and that's what I want to talk to you about mainly so just to start us off Nadia if you can just tell the people yeah what your journey has been like, who you are, what you do, your transition from being a wedding photographer to a portrait photographer. I'm just going to leave it to you to say it how you want. <laughs> the whole journey. Okay, I'm going to try and keep it um, compact somehow. Sure. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, like I uh, came into wedding photography, I think like a lot of people did. <laughs> because a friend of a friend or someone they know whatever right. got married and asked uh, you know if you could shoot their wedding because they see that you have a camera and they see you shooting and posting pictures on Facebook that that's what it was um, with me I uh, didn't study it I didn't have you know the grandfather or the father that does photography and has a dark room and um, so I only really started my first camera I got when I was 19 and um, I had like it was like a small tiny supermarket camera like my parents literally bought it at the supermarket right um, <laughs> yeah for like 50 bucks it was one of the first digital ones um, point and shoot cameras and I they gave it to me actually as a gift when I went to London to do a gap year um, and that was when I started shooting I didn't own a camera before I didn't really do photography I was always creative I grew up uh, painting and drawing a lot um, and and making sculptures and going to art school after school hours and um, all of that but never never photography 
Um, so I started uh, during my gap year taking photos and I got hooked because um, <laughs> it's kind of, it was kind of nice to see like instant results. Yes. Um, with everything else, you know, the painting and the drawing, it takes time and patience, right? <laughs> I can relate to that. Actually, that's such a good point. Yes. Yeah. And that's what uh, what uh, got me hooked really quickly because I was like, oh, I, I take a photo. I just see it instantly. Uh, I don't have to wait uh, for the creation to be finished. Um, and also for me, it was a way to um, kind of freeze the memories that I was making during my gap year. Um, which I really, really, really loved. It was such a special time in my life. And uh, in fact, now after 16 years later, I'm back in London <laughs> where it all started, um, the, the love for photography. And anyways, like it was just a fun thing that I did. I showed my friends the photos. I put them on Facebook, nothing serious. I went and studied theology. So something completely different. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> got my degree in theology but while I was doing that I was photographing more and more um, people as well and I upgraded <laughs> from a point and shoot into <laughs> a DSLR uh, actually one of my best friends she upgraded me she gifted me a DSLR um, which was incredible I told you I have great friends yeah I was just <laughs> thinking that's huge that's amazing I mean those are the type of people we want in our lives and those are the like that's the type of person we want to be in other people's lives right exactly exactly and um it always like amazes me like the people I have in my life and it kind of I always like whatever I get I always pass it forward um to the next person you know um, and I've been able ever since that amazing gift to gift that onwards to other people. And, 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 and I think that's how it works. And then you give and then you receive and from very, sometimes from random places where you didn't even expect it from. Um, it's not always the same person, you know, it's just, I guess, the law of the universe <laughs> yeah. or karma or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. <laughs> I think the more kind we can be, and everyone's just being kind of just creates that mm. snowball effect everywhere. And something I like to keep in mind always is if you're kind to someone with that expectation that they should do something for you, you're not actually being kind to that person, but you're more yeah. trying to manipulate that person. So if yeah. you're truly like being a kind person, it's just coming from the heart just to do something good. And I think it's just exactly. something more of us need to tune into. Exactly. And that person doesn't have to give you anything back, no, you know, you all. just do it. And because you're a kind person doesn't mean that nothing difficult will happen in your life. You know, you will, <laughs> yes. still, have, you will still have difficulties, but you'll get that kindness will come back to you at some point. Somehow it doesn't matter through who, um, but it will. Um, and I experienced that all the time in my life. And that was one moment like that, uh, which was incredible. And when I did get that DSLR, um, I started shooting more people, which I didn't really do with the point and shoot. I was doing more like street photography. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like just documenting my life in London. And then um, as soon as like people saw, oh, I have a big camera, they started to ask me, oh, can you take my photo? Can you take a photo of me and my fiance or my boyfriend or my girlfriend? It kind of snowballed from there. And the Two months after I graduated, um, I got my degree in theology. I shot my first wedding. Oh, um, that was a friend of a friend, like 
who just saw my pictures of flowers, I think, on Facebook and uh, booked me. And from that wedding that I then obviously put on Facebook as well, um, I, it was just snowballed. I just booked more and more and more and more and it just never stopped. <laughs> and that um, is, you're back in Germany at this point is what I take. Like, did you study theology in, in Germany? In Germany, yes, that's right. I was back in Germany after being in London for a year. Uh, I was back in Germany and studied in Germany, started my business in Germany, the whole shebang. And um, yeah, and I did weddings for 10 years. And the first year was all quite local. And then from the second year onwards, it kind of expanded into destination weddings. Um, in Europe and beyond Europe and uh, yeah it was quite quite the hectic quite the hectic life yeah um, and, but that uh, happened pretty fast and that was I think the point where everybody was looking at destination wedding photographers and being like whoa that's amazing you know you get to yeah. travel but obviously yeah. you've also talked about like behind the scenes like you said hectic and the stress that comes along with it with the travel and just yeah. the responsibility and the time you yeah. spend on it right Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's something I think a lot of people don't talk about enough. Um, I always try to be like really transparent with it, like online. I would talk about it on Instagram with photographers that I would meet um, in my newsletters. I, yeah, you know, you know, if you've been like following along, I've always tried to show both sides of the coin because it's it's just really deceiving when people are like, look at my rock star lifestyle. I'm just traveling every week. <laughs> um and everything has good and bad doesn't it so um yeah I did that for 10 years um and then my last wedding season was in 2019 basically just before the world changed yeah but I mean that transition to leaving weddings behind I would say was not like a sudden decision it was coming mm -hmm. with the time right the more you Definitely. kind of, you know, the changes that happen in your life and then just kind of tuning into aligning your life, your business more with your values. If you can talk more yeah. about like how it's been for you also expressing that online and mm -hmm. that journey being a bit more open and yeah. 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 Happy to. So for me, it was always and is still <laughs> always so, so, so crucial for me to live a happy life I have to live an intentional life like I have to have intention behind my what I do like on a day-to-day -day, but also big life decisions like why am I doing it my why like in everything uh, and even if that why is just well I'm doing this just for play just for fun that is also a reason right sure but I always wanted to be intentional um and so what I would always do um, when I was a wedding photographer, was, I would always check, I would always check in with myself, like, and see how I was feeling about my business at this point in time. Like, what am I happy with? What am I not happy with? What do I have to change? What do I have to keep? And I always wanted to be aligned. I wanted my reality to be aligned with my actual, like with my values, because to me that, that is the definition of success to me personally when my reality is aligned with, with my values, with my beliefs, to me, that's when I feel successful. And so, for example, if one of my values is to have freedom or to have 
more time for my family or my friends, but my reality doesn't reflect that, then I don't feel successful, um, even though I might look successful to other people. Um, so I always, I always check in with myself, where am I, what needs to change? Um, and so I constantly do that. So I, I've gone through a lot of changes in those 10 years of being a, photo a wedding photographer in terms of the types of weddings I would shoot, um, in terms of approach, clients, marketing style, prices, of course, like everyone else. Um, but I, I realized after a few years, for example, the first bigger change I made was um, to take on only smaller weddings and in more intimate weddings because I realized that with my values, the big weddings just did not align. Like um, after you see those big weddings and big events for a few years, and you see them all the time, um, as, a, as a service provider at the wedding, you kind of start feeling like they are a bit of a show, um, you know, and they're not, they're just for the guests. They're just a show made for, the, for, for people that are coming, right? And I started to feel really uncomfortable at big weddings, uh, started to feel really stressed because the more people you add to the mix, the more stressful everything becomes, right? That's true. Um, started to feel more anxiety or being around masses, like two, literally, I'm talking 200 people, 250 people weddings. And to some people listening, they might laugh because to them, that's a small wedding, right? <laughs> Um, but to me that was massive and it was just too much and like super long weddings, you know, that start like at 8 a.m. and finish at 2 a.m. Like, like past midnight. Yeah. Like so that was the first adjustment I made um, on the way where I was like, okay, I'm going to start saying no um, to big weddings and just accept smaller weddings or elopements, anything that's more intimate. Um, cause I, again, I checked in with myself and I thought, mm, I'm not happy. And I, at first I thought maybe it's the weddings in general, maybe I should stop being a wedding photographer. And then I realized, no, that feeling only pops up at certain weddings. Um, and then with time, mm, after doing six, seven years of destination work, um, the scale kind of started to tip from, Ooh, this is exciting to, I hate this. And <laughs> this is making me sick it's making me really stressed out to travel every week sometimes in summer i would be in three or two countries a week um and a lot of destination wedding photographers listening to this will relate um they know this when you just stretch yourself too much um and you think yeah i can take a wedding in italy one in greece and then the next one in france in in the span of a week of course i can do that <laughs> like, yeah because um, it's tempting that point and then you're thinking oh what it's going to do for your portfolio and the growth and then you're on this really cycle and your body can't keep up even your mind probably can't keep up with all of that no absolutely you're absolutely right it's it gets so so hectic especially when you have to also organize everything else you have to organize your whole travel right you have to organize cars rentals hotel uh, timings figure out timings how do you get from there to there to make it in time to the next thing it's like all very 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 stressful um and I didn't have like a team of assistants to book flights for me so <laughs> um it was uh all me so that was um one thing that started changing within me where I started feeling very stressed and when I when I cried at an airport um in the in the bathroom 
of an airport for the first time. It was on the way to Greece to a wedding. Like I cried and I was shaking and I didn't want to leave. Like I, I was like, I don't want to get on this plane. I just want to stay at home. That's when I knew um, I have to change something. Like this is not going to work. I think that was 2018. Um, yeah, it was 2018. And I still accepted weddings for the next year for 2019. Um, still didn't feel different. And then I was like, okay, I'm making a cut now. This is it. And then every inquiry they came in for 2020, I didn't accept. I was like, no, 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 no. Um, I accepted one that was like near me, um, like 20 minutes away from where I live. Uh, and that was it. I was like, if I, if I really, really want to get out of weddings, I have to like, just make this cut like right. now. Make that decision and just not yeah. look back from it, right? Exactly, exactly. And I, and I still don't regret it. I'm really happy I did. Um, but it was it was a very slow transition. So at first, I think six years in, I realized, um, you know, these type of types of weddings, mm, not exactly my cup of tea. Let me change that. Then the travel added on top of that started really, really weighing on me. Um, it to the point, yeah, it was making me sick mentally, physically, um, and then the other layer that kind of. <laughs> tipped tipped the scale the final thing that really really made me say I'm done with weddings um was weddings itself <laughs> weddings themselves like the the event uh, the event itself because seeing them every week constantly all the time um I started feeling like I love being a wedding guest that's really fun but um, yeah, seeing them all the time, I started feeling like I was on the set of a movie. Um, even with like smaller weddings, you know, intimate weddings, I started feeling like there's obviously there's a certain protocol and these things happen and you have to tick them off. And now we do this and now we do this part and now we do this part. And depending on the wedding that those parts can be a bit more staged or a bit less staged, but they're still staged <laughs> kind of. And I've been to very, I think I've only been to a couple of weddings this whole in, in 10 years that felt more organic where the flow of the day felt like it was just flowing mm -hmm. um without a script but I think that's very very difficult to achieve at a wedding um it's rare it's very rare yeah you know? yeah it's, it's very rare <laughs> you just made me think of my own wedding um I was just the bride who did not plan anything <laughs> you know, the day came we were in austria in the mountains we had a hut just a few okay. family and friends and mm -hmm. then that morning is when i was like looking outside and saying oh where are we having the ceremony <laughs> literally what? yeah seriously it was it was to that extent and then i was like oh you know it looks really nice out here on this side with the mountains in the back right and then, yeah they just like we just have some flowers I'm like yeah so people can just like hold flowers and i'll come here yeah like, we didn't yeah. have anything set up amazing and, yeah. <laughs> but it worked out fine i guess it worked out fine just because i'm also just the person who just can't handle things to be so stringent and whatever yeah. i was just happy yeah. to have my family because they flew in from from ethiopia from the u.s and stuff and that was like my focus you know yeah, exactly. my husband is the same. He was wearing jeans. 
on the wedding, you know, and just a shirt that we just randomly found on a store. I also randomly had a dress on um, and it it just fit us, you know, and it it just worked out. And we saw like it was going to really rain around 4.30. So we're like, oh my God, that's what it says. So let's just push it, like um, actually do it at 3 p.m. So we just kind of like ran out and said oh we're doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> but you just made me think of that where I just like felt like really it's so odd to do it that way because obviously that's not how it is but then again yeah. um I think people should do it however they want it's also for me a struggle to deal with people sticking to these so-called traditions because they feel like that's how it needs to be done yeah yeah it's the there's definitely a script right and it's yeah and it's the thing for me it's not so much the traditions themselves it's the why why are you doing yeah. it like again most couples um me included when i got married um they just do stuff because that's how you do it they don't think about why am i doing this or why am i doing this like the cu- actually i didn't have a cake because i thought that was dumb like i <laughs> i um the cutting of the cake for example right yeah you stand there, you cut the cake and people are standing around you and applauding. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that even mean? mean. <laughs> sure. What does that even mean? And people just do it. Like they just do it because you have, you have to do it, right? You have to have a cake and you have to do that thing where you cut, right? You have to, that's a wedding. And that's the case with anything, starting from clothing, what you wear to the ceremony to all oh, you have to have flowers or you have to have this or you have to you know everything every single thing most people don't question it much like they just go with it because that's the script and I was just getting tired of the mindlessness um, of weddings like people just doing stuff mindlessly not really questioning it obviously I would have like conversations with my couples beforehand about that and I had like a little Uh, magazine for them with like tips and stuff and questions and I always would tell them to question everything Um, and some did some were like actually I had a few couples that didn't have a wedding cake it was so funny they just had like they had a dessert table right but they didn't have the one cake you know right or um, that just yeah Uh, I also had a groom who got married just like he was wearing a t-shirt instead of a shirt you know and just the blazer on top of the t-shirt and like, but that, those are very, very rare. And um, and a lot of times if the couple is chill, you know, and they're like, oh, we don't care. But then a lot of times you have family members who like force them into things. And then the couple will just do it because, oh, you know, because of mom or because of dad or whatever. And so the whole world of the wedding event itself started to actually, can I swear on your podcast? Oh yeah, go for it. <laughs> it actually started to really really piss me off like um I I was just annoyed and frustrated and when I when I just realized this frustration is not going away it's just growing and I cannot see past it anymore I cannot see what I used to see 10 years ago I cannot see the beauty I cannot see the good things I cannot see the love you know I don't find it cute anymore I realized I have to stop because it's also not fair towards my couples. Like, it's just not fair. They should have someone there that is really excited and that is in it with their whole heart. Absolutely. Um, 
And if I'm, if I don't, if I, if I hate the wedding, not because of the people, right? Just the when the event itself, and I find everything frustrating and annoying, then I should not be there. Like I have to take myself out of this. Um, and that was kind of the last straw. Um, those those thoughts and feelings around weddings that kind of uh, creeped up with time as well. Um, that yeah, that made it a very easy decision towards the end. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's going to be reflected in your work and also the unhappiness of your life eventually. Yeah. And yeah. even doing your life's work in the sense of like looking at your portraits and how you take images now, how you edit them. For me, I can already see the difference. You know, I can see how much more your editing is like true to life and also yeah. in terms of like you know yeah. uh the skin textures are there like most brides are not gonna have that right where you know if you wanted to even bring that to a wedding because there's this sense of wanting to make things look as beautiful and lovely you know and not really be yeah. as honest and raw and I think weddings are not really the place to do that except for maybe capturing you know some emotional moments and that sort of thing but in portraiture I feel like I feel like you found your home that's what I see when I look at your work <laughs> thank you <laughs> you know um so if you can speak to how you how you relate to your work right now and how you mm -hmm. feel about that oh that's such a broad <laughs> like not broad but that's such a that's quite the heavy question in a way as well um but thank you. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm very at home with portraits, definitely, because I know like I've 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 loved photography even all this time, you know, doing weddings. And I just realized it's not that I love weddings, I just love the photography, right? Like that part um, of it. And I just had to find the right place basically to do that um, and to to use photography. And with the portraits, I am. Um, it's just so different to relate when you have one person in front of you and there's no event it's just you and the person like yeah. um it's that you it, there's so much more openness required so much more vulnerability and so much more presence on my part like I cannot hide um I do like document documenting things I love like reportage I find that really um exciting often and you can you can be in the background as a photographer right um but portraiture requires your presence like you have to show up you have to be there right and um that's so exciting and it's given me right now how i feel about it portrait photography has given me a whole new joy for photography a whole new love um, like I feel really, really giddy and excited um, before I go and have a portrait shoot. Um, like even now, just sitting here thinking about the shoots I'll have next week and the next few months, I'm just really excited about. Awesome. Um, yeah, about what's going to happen. Also, because I never know the outcome. Like with a wedding, you know, you know, you go there. It's true. Yes. And even you know, even of course, there's always variables, but you know what's going to happen, and you kind of already know a little bit what the photos will look like even right um but with portraits i never know what portraits i will have after um and and how the person feels on that day how i feel and how the dynamic will be it, it's always like 
just a, a really interesting dynamic and surprise. Um, and right now I'm, I'm still, um, I'm still in this transition, I feel like, still trying to find my footing in this place, in the portrait world. I'm soaking in like, I'm learning, I, I'm experimenting a lot um, because my heart is very much with just very simple portraits. Like I would just like, like the way you're looking at me right now, this is like how I would take the portrait, like really, really simple and just expressive. I'm not a very conceptual photographer you know, like creating concepts and like setting up, you know, um, a whole like background of things and props and stuff. But even that I am, I'm dabbling in and, and just trying stuff, you Why know, if, of course. If, if, yeah, if people are up for it and if, if it, if it, everything aligns and it works out, it's just, um, I just have the freedom now to experiment and try things. Um, and, and it's so much fun. I can't tell you, like, I, I just feel so, so, so happy that I get to do this now. Um, it, I've, yeah, I just found a, a new way of loving photography and a new way of looking at people and my work. It's also filled with new doubts. Sure, because it's unexplored. I mean, you're yeah. just starting in it. Yeah, I've, I've more than once, I thought maybe, maybe like, I'm a shit photographer. Oh, come on. <laughs> maybe, oh, come on. <laughs> maybe, no, really. I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I'm not saying this to... Uh, I'm not asking for Fishing compliments. Fishing for compliments? No. No. <laughs> of course not. No. Because, I get you. Because obviously, I know people like them and I get comments and whatever, but like, I'm like, but maybe, you know, it, maybe it's not that good if it hasn't been recognized or it's not in a magazine or it's not here, it's not there maybe this portrait, like, I think it's a fantastic portrait, but maybe it's not, maybe it's just horrible. Like, it's, um, there's a whole new, because it's, I'm starting from scratch in a way. Yeah. Um, my, people know my name in the wedding world, right? Yes. If you're, like, wedding photographer, also just if you're a wedding photographer that is around my age, if you're younger, you, you know, they, they also, they don't know me, and I don't know who the younger wedding photographers are either. Um, I'm kind of really out of that loop. Um, yeah, it's just for us in our 30s, hey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All, everyone in their 30s, like, they, we, we know each other. And, like, I've known. And people always tell me, no, but you already have a foundation. And people know you. And I'm like, ah, they know me in a very niche place, right? But in the poetry world, it's I'm at zero. I'm, like, starting from scratch. Um, I am starting, obviously, with a different foundation. I have experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of how everything works and all the rules, I have no idea. I, I, I really don't know the rules. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think know. there are rules because at the end of the day, you know, um, even if you know the rules is to break the rules. And that's the only break. way you can develop your signature style. Like you like yeah, to absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like every industry and every niche has like some unwritten you know, those in, inofficial scripts, right? Like yeah. the wedding world and stuff. And most people, you you do follow them to some extent. And then after a few years, you make your own thing. But it's kind of like, I want to I wanna very much get into um, um, editorial portraits, you know, and kind of into that world. Uh, not fashion, still portraits, but, uh, mm -hmm. and that's like, that's a whole different game. Like, it's like, it's a lot of, 
I have to pitch myself. I have to ask for work. And I've never had to do that as a wedding photographer. The work just comes to you. You just post wedding photos and people just inquire kind of, okay, that's very basic, you know. Yeah, it's just a different beast, isn't it? Like, yeah, it it was completely different. Like I didn't have to pitch myself as a wedding photographer, right? Um, the the marketing was was a different kind of thing and process and here in this world it is totally different a lot of it works through other people through connections um, and not through ads you know online like it's it's a lot of who do you know and um, yeah it's completely completely different Um, and it's scary uh, and it's new and there's a lot of doubting myself as well now but um, I mean, that's how you grow, isn't it? That's how you learn. So this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I also saw the work you did during the lockdown, the first round, I guess, when you did the virtual photos with the, you know, over Zoom, I guess, is what you did. And I mean, from what I understand, that did get quite a bit of recognition and you have like a (laughs) virtual exhibition and and those are gorgeous. Um, They're also different, but... Mm. Like what I like about your work, to be honest, is like you said, it's simple. You don't need the props and the whole sets and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, the editing is not this bombastic. It's really true to life. It's there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think what happens is something comes through those images and you feel a certain emotion. And you mm-hmm. can feel that. What I feel the most, to be honest, is I feel like the people you're photographing, whether they're clients or friends, is that they were comfortable enough and there's something honest about it mm. and something vulnerable. I hope and so. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. And <laughs> I feel like you're able to accomplish that more because you let yourself be vulnerable yourself, you know, and you can develop that kind of connection with them. Like, is that how people like at least the clients that are finding you now is that how they find you by your work your words online um yes and no there's a mix of how they find me right now um and it's still I'm still like as I said kind of like at the beginning because we had two years of lockdowns on and off um I I thought 2020 will be my year I'm gonna like you know, start into, I'm going to break through in the portraiture world, blah, blah, and nothing happened. Um, <laughs> Didn't we all? That was like a shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's kind of like, yeah, things are slowly, slowly getting started or have in the last few months. And uh, there's different ways of how people find me. A lot, obviously, yes, online, uh, a lot through other lovely people who recommend me. Um, and, and, and sometimes, and I've, that's what I've been trying as well in the last few months. And that's why I moved to London now is because I ask for it. I ask for the opportunity. I ask like, this is what I can offer. Do you need my service? Like, can I work with you? Can I like, literally I I put myself out there and it's super scary. And I was so embarrassed in the beginning to do that. Um, But I think I'm getting better now. (laughs) I'm, I'm like becoming more shameless and I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm just, I guess, the more you do something, the easier it gets, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, people always ask, and I got that question, and I'm sure you know this question, so many times at my workshops from other wedding photographers, how do you get your clients to ease up, to 
be more natural to be loose when they are really you know closed off and the first question to me is how are you are you when you meet them when you're faced with them and you already know and oftentimes if we already know oh gosh they are a bit more stiff and closed off then we react to that you know we can't be open either and you cannot expect openness from someone you cannot expect vulnerability from someone if you're not giving it first that's you true. can't that's how you open people people up that's how you if you're the first one to share if you're the first one to do it to be open to be vulnerable there's a chance that no, it's not a guarantee but there's a chance that it comes back to you um and so i think that's where it starts it's a, it's for me it's always a learning process it's always a lesson with every shoot as well like am i being open here am i showing up or am i trying to be you know to represent a certain image and like of, of the professional or whatever or am i being ready to be vulnerable as well with this person and when you do it it normally happens especially when you have that one-on-one -on -one time which is incredible um, so someone, if, if you require, if you ask for vulnerability, you have to be ready to give it yourself. Yeah. You have and to be ready to start. Is it fair to say just kind doing it only at the shoot is a bit too late? This is something that needs to start ahead of time. Mm. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> Not necessarily. Uh, you know, I think it's it, it can of course you know the earlier you start it can help of course you know the whole communication with your clients absolutely but if you if in case for whatever reason that you don't have that you can still you know and i'm sure you've had those moments in life where you were just really vulnerable with a stranger you just met five minutes ago sure right yeah right yeah. we've had those I mean, I think most people have had that experience. Maybe some people haven't, where you just meet someone and you just start talking and you like open up and everyone opens up. So uh, you can have that moment with strangers. So you can have that with a client as well that you just meet that day. So I've had shoots where I couldn't, I've spoken maybe on the phone to the person and stuff, but I couldn't like meet them before. And just really spend time with them on the day of the shoot right there and then and and that's a really i guess because i'm i'm used to it now and i i like being open and i i'm able to open up um but it's it's still always like a lesson to 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 have to have that openness in that moment because even if you know someone for a while doesn't necessarily mean that there is depth in the connection. Like the, it's what I've learned, not just through work, but also through my marriage. I'm not married anymore, but mm -hmm. through any relationship in my life that the time, the longevity doesn't equal the depth of it. And so yes while it, it can absolutely help and if you can you should you know right. uh, you should foster that that intimacy with your clients before you you have the actual shoot or the wedding absolutely but if for whatever reason you know that's not there you can you can create that on on the spot you can 
you know, it's not, again, it's not a guarantee, but it is possible for sure. All right. So from my own curiosity, yeah. I live in Germany. You lived here. Ah. You grew up here. I grew up <laughs> and in I Germany. think there's no denying that there's a huge difference working with German clients and British clients, for example, mm. Mm. or other, I don't know, Italian clients, you're Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, but those are things we also need to kind of take into mm-hmm. consideration because mm-hmm. Germans are very careful mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. it slightly, you know, and it just mm-hmm. takes long and building that trust takes long. They mm-hmm. certainly don't want to be vulnerable. So I mm-hmm. wonder how it is. I mean, you have to just take it one person at a time, but how was your experience? Literally like for you, I mean, I'm sure being in England allowed you and gave you that space to be even more open. Like, how is that difference? If you can just speak to your own experience. Mm, yeah, you know, I, I know so many people in different countries now. Yeah. And I feel like there's all kinds of people everywhere. There's open people everywhere. There's closed people everywhere. There's nice people everywhere. There's not nice people everywhere. Like it's kind of, yes, you know, you have those cultural, those cultural things about certain people like, oh, you know, this is typically German or this is typically Italian. Yeah, just a bit general, but of course, when you go to the individual, it changes, but there's a certain sense. And from me, you know, being African is a whole different, you know, ballgame there as well. Yeah, it is. No, I I, I totally understand. But I I still found that it differed from client to client. I couldn't say like, all my German clients were like this. I I really couldn't say that. I really couldn't because even like in when I was shooting in Germany, which was most of my career, um, I had some super like lovely clients who were like very open um, and and we had a great time at, at the wedding and like before and maybe stayed friends even after. And then there were clients who were really close, but I had that across the board with Americans, with South Africans, with Italians, with Swiss people, with British people. I... I couldn't like really say like this culture, they were mostly like this. That wasn't my experience personally. Yeah, it's Um, different for everyone. Yeah, it's different for everyone. I understand that some, and I have spoken to photographers who said, oh my gosh, whenever I have, you know, these clients from this country, it's always like this. I've heard that. Um, But personally, I have to say that was not my experience actually. The thing I will say um, with, weddings here in England and English clients is that they were even though I like the style like they were here in London and stuff they're very stylish and like modern but in in terms of you know how the decoration is and the dressing but uh, they're more traditional here like uh, which I was surprised by Um, they were actually less traditional in Germany Um, if you think that German weddings were traditional (laughs) the in England, it's actually they they even they're even more careful about like traditions and what the parents want and what the parents say, which really surprised me. Um, so I will say that that was my observation um, working here um, with wedding couples or even you know English clients abroad um, that they they stuck to traditions way more than Germans, which I know sounds 
like unbelievable but <laughs> yeah no I can follow the reason why you know when you have the monarchy and all that um, yeah yeah maybe where it's coming from yeah. usually you just have to look back at the history of a, a place yeah. and then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So maybe I can it's it's interesting and then obviously there's other things non-wedding related other parts of life where they are less traditional and it's it's an interesting um um yeah getting to know any culture is just so fascinating but for me personally I haven't had the experience where I was would say oh this this country whenever you know I had a booking from here. It was always like this. So they, I didn't, I had like all kinds of, you know, experiences. Right. So yeah, that was my personal um, experience, to be honest. Um, it was, it was a very mixed bag, <laughs> but I want to ask you, uh, you can, you can connect easier, you know, in, in certain cultures, even like Americans connect very quickly, Yeah. but there's a difference between like, you know, um, a culture being loud and easy to connect to in the first instance, but then actually connecting on a deeper level, right? Like yeah, actually but the thing is, the conversation up. is more open that you can go deeper, at least in my experience. Okay, okay. Um, that's just kind of how I've taken it. Like what resonated for me when you were talking about knowing someone for a longer time does not equate connecting with that person yeah that's yeah. something I've experienced quite a bit I would say uh, living in Switzerland and then living in Germany where I felt like okay there's some people I've known for like three four years or something mm. but mm. um it's more like they're still not open or opening up like that sense of feeling vulnerable yeah just overcoming that point just yeah. takes really long for some people whereas mm -hmm. at the same point like you said there's some people I've met and right away we connect yeah. and we can just talk about real things yeah. without yeah. any mask or facade or trying to show okay you know for me I just say we're all human beings which means we all have faults it doesn't matter I'm not here to judge you I'm just here to listen be compassionate mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter who what you are you know like and I feel like there's just a lot of people who are just I think afraid of judgment is where what I think and therefore they close up a bit more but yeah. you have this with different people too like you said I've had this with you know of course I've also had this with Ethiopians it doesn't mean like every single Ethiopian is like super open yeah and yeah, stuff yeah like that yeah. it's just on the yeah. general feeling is for me whenever like I go back home right away I I can talk to anybody right away and they're not looking at me like I'm weird why is she you know why she talks to me yeah you know? yeah, she yeah, being yeah friendly and just they're suspicious like for us if you talk to any other African for example taking um being on a bus right for us it's really difficult to sit down and an elderly person comes onto the bus we want to automatically stand up and give them our seat, mm -hmm. but we don't do that anymore because of the amount of times we've been, you know, scowled at and told <laughs> or something like, kind of like, why would you, you know, normally mm -hmm. th these things are not taken well, do you know what I mean? Is, um, or mm -hmm. you want to chat with somebody and they're just more suspicious or something. And it's not just because you're a foreigner, it's just because people are very, there's a lot 
of like personal space and mm -hmm. privacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also the whole yeah. privacy thing. Yeah, privacy in Germany, that's a big thing. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and like the German speaking countries um, that, that you, you tend to have, you just need more time to really crack someone open in terms of friendships. Like when we talk about friendships and relationships, when it comes obviously to client relationships where you, you know, you have to like perform on that day, then I think it can be a bit different. It can be a little bit sped up because yes. the very act of taking someone's photograph and you being with a bride in the hotel room and you know with a family I think that very situation makes it already it connects you a bit quicker already like and more intimate right absolutely so it's it's a bit different to trying to make friends that's that's another huge beast like you know to to, to talk about like different cultures and friendships but um I think like the yeah the way you know you your energy is and you carry yourself and the way you show up will potentially make someone feel more tense or less tense you know um on that day and i think that can be done in a in a in a in quite a, a quick way as well um uh, it, it kind of it really depends on the photographer as well um i'm not saying that you know there's not exceptions i know there are really really hard cases <laughs> i know that um but i I want to say that it always starts with you as a photographer, you know, it's just, um, it starts there. Like I've, I've met so many photographers who are not very open themselves, you know, but they want their clients to ease up and be open. And I'm like, I'm sorry, babe, you have to start, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because you. they feed off our energy. Like I totally see that. Like for me at the end of the day, this personality, this openness, comes uh, as an advantage to me on weddings yeah. you yeah. know when that bride is nervous and not sure like it's it's quite easy for me to really make her comfortable yeah. and open up yeah. and really talk to the groom and have that confidence to, yeah. to make it happen but yeah. it really has to come from the photographer I totally have to yeah. yeah yeah absolutely you you're setting the stage and it doesn't necessarily mean being a crazy extrovert no um, <laughs> And it, you can also not be a, uh, an extrovert and still um, be open and vulnerable. Oftentimes extroverts are actually not that vulnerable. They talk a lot, but they actually not say, they don't say much, you know, they're actually not showing you a real insight. Um, so that doesn't mean, you know, that extroverts um, are vulnerable. Um, it's, it just means you can easily like talk to them, but about what, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, it's more like as a wedding photographer and you know this it's the sensitivity you have on the day you know because you you have to tread really carefully sometimes you know around people yeah. and feel what they're feeling and you know how the energy is in the room you have to read the room that requires a lot of paying attention and yes. sensitivity it doesn't require talking over people so it has nothing to do with being extroverted because a lot of wedding photographers think you have to be an extrovert to do this job. You don't have to. It has more to do with paying attention, knowing people, being interested in people, you know, really being interested in people. Um, and, and then, and then you, you can, you can, I can, I think you can um, establish that, but it always starts with you um, as the photographer. There's no way around it. I'm sorry. That's so true. That's so true. Hey, Nadia, I want to read back to you what I saw on your website this morning. Okay. 
which I really feel like fits and it just um you say a portrait allows you to see yourself and be seen by others it takes vulnerability and strength to do both of those things when they happen connection happens and that's the best thing about photography and I feel Amen. like that's exactly I <laughs> what we've been saying <laughs> And it really just, I was just like, she was, um, you're able to sum it up so concisely in just those words, you know, yeah. which I thought was beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I, this, this, these words came to me in the last two years of doing portraits um, in between lockdowns, um, where actually, you know, the first time I had this thought was, I think it was 2019 yeah I took portraits in a women's shelter mm -hmm. uh, in, in Brighton um, I was volunteering in this women's shelter in a church and um, they were mostly all like elderly women that would show up uh, in that shelter to get like a lunch and to get like a little pamper session or to create some art and uh, we offered them portraits one day, you know, we offered them do your makeup if you want to, and we could take your photo, you know. Um, and a lot of them um, took us up on the offer. And um, again, I was really simple. I just had like this black background and was was in front of a window and, and took their portraits. And like, I literally had five minutes with everyone, maybe, maybe wow. a little bit longer with someone, you know, chatting a little bit more, but not much, and they didn't really know me that well either. They had seen me in the shelter volunteering, but I they didn't really know me like that well or that long. And when I took their portraits, most of them were saying to me, you know, last time I had my photo taken, I was in school. Yeah. <laughs> like 40 years ago, 50 Crazy. years ago, 20 years ago. I don't have any port photos of me at home. I don't, you know, I don't have anything like that and stuff. And um, some were really shy yeah. and like really, you know, like trying to hide. And some were like really excited and happy. And they were like, I feel like a model, you know? And it was such a joy that day. Like it was one of my favorite, favorite things I've ever done. And I remember like a lot of them when they were standing in front of me and I was just chatting a little bit and taking their photos and calming them down. I remember that most of them were really nervous and they were like, oh, it's going to look bad. I don't look beautiful. Like literally that's what they would say. I don't look good. I'm not photogenic, this and that. And afterwards when they got their photo, when they saw the print, they were talking in the background, like, um, and the other volunteers would tell me like, cause I was still like working in, in, in my little photo corner. They would tell me, they would say like, Oh my gosh, I felt like a model. Look at the photo. It's so beautiful. I've never seen, I've never seen myself. I've never looked at myself like that. And that's that day I kind of realized um, the actual power of a portrait after being a photographer for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I never had that thought before. Only that day I realized, oh, <laughs> so simple, right? But I was like, oh, a photo allows you to see yourself. Like I never, I never really had that thought. It's like so basic, but actually it's really deep um, and really meaningful and powerful, like to actually see yourself. And for these women and for a lot of us as well, for me, it was like that for a while in my life. 
for a lot of us it's really hard to look at ourselves yeah we just like hmm. quickly glance in the mirror or sometimes we like scrutinize everything that we see or we don't look at ourselves at all but really really being face to face with our own image can be really challenging it's yeah. really hard and yeah. so having your portrait taken your photo taken is is really vulnerable because first you have to allow someone else to look at you <laughs> like yeah and really that's see really you. Mm -hmm. yeah to literally like yeah look at you and see you and then afterwards you have to look at yourself yeah and that's that can cause all kinds of reactions so that was the that was the first time after 10 years of doing this job that I had that thought and 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 then I put it on my website shortly after and that's what I've been living and, and learning the last two years of just doing poetry work um it always comes back to that for me it always comes back to that vulnerability that is so so tender when people show that to me when they allow me that to just stand in front of me whether that's with clothes or without but right. it requires it requires for them to give me permission um and then for me to be present as well and and be on the same level as them and uh and be vulnerable as well and it's just a such a fascinating dynamic to me i absolutely love it wow i mean i feel like this gives me a chance or gives us a chance to touch up on body mm. dysmorphia which we mm. originally wanted to really dive deep on Mm -hmm. Can you just speak to that a little bit to, to even educate the listeners what, what that's yeah. all about? Wow, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, I know. We're yeah. <laughs> taking these different directions and these are big, big topics. But yeah. at least to, uh, to spark a certain curiosity in people that they can even do mm. their own research, but mm -hmm. to, to lay the ground on that. Mm, I would love that. Yeah, we, we spoke about this on Instagram a little bit and, yeah. and I wanted to record um on the topic first but because i've been obsessed in the last two years with faces right and yeah. and with my own face as well and i've been obsessed with the way that faces look so different in different through different mediums like mm -hmm. if i look at myself in the mirror i look different from a phone selfie um i look different from like the back camera of the phone and the front camera. I look different with a professional camera and with a different lens, I look different. And I was obsessed with the fact that I didn't know what I actually looked like. <laughs> I was like, what is my actual real face? What do other people see? People see, yes. Yeah, you know what I did? I took photos of myself in like the same position with different lenses and I, mm -hmm. and I sent them to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you see when you look at me? <laughs> And I was like, I was like 50, 85, 100. And I was like 35, I think as well. And I was like, which one do you think is closest to, what do you see? Like when you look at me, which one is closest to reality? And they struggled too. All my friends were like, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, and they all said different things, which is also <laughs> so strange. And I've, I had a shoot yesterday as well. And in the evening, uh, I was looking at them with my friend who was in front of my lens. She booked me for a shoot and I'm uh, staying at her house for a few days. And um, 
we were talking about that as well, how when I look at her in real life, she looks so tiny. She's small. Her face okay. is small. Yeah. Everything's small. But on 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 the screen, she looks different. Like her face looks bigger. Like you have no sense of proportion. Like mm -hmm. you have no sense of what does this person actually look like in real life when you look at a photo? Because it's very flat. Like yeah. whether you take a photo on a professional camera, on the phone, um, it's just... 2d it's 2d it's not 3d like people see you differently and you see yourself differently from real life when someone actually is looking at you um the same way when you look at someone and i've um i've seen this article online which is um really interesting uh, where this guy took a photo of his face with like 10 or 15 different lenses yeah i know it mm -hmm. um and how it changes his face um, and I think it's really important for people to search a little bit about this topic and kind of come to terms with the fact that what they see on the phone or on the camera even is not actual reality, um, especially younger, you know, um, audiences who like only see themselves through the phone. Yeah. Like they just, they just see themselves on selfies, never anywhere else. Um, but even, I mean, I'm not a teenager anymore and even I have that issue like if I take a selfie I'm like that looks weird like that I don't look like that but then when I see a professional photo of me I'm like I don't know if I look like that either like so um so nobody is immune to that no matter how old you are nobody's immune to that and I think it's important to understand that difference as a photographer or non-photographer um and to talk about it as well, uh, to talk about it with your clients as well, yeah. who like might feel like, oh my gosh, my arm or my nose, why does it look like that? And it's like, no, you know, it's a photo, it's 2D. <laughs> like, and in 3D, you do look different and a photo can never really truly reflect what you look like. I saw this amazing post, which is so true, um, uh, on Instagram, I think, where someone said, when you take a a photo of the sunset with yeah. your phone mm -hmm. it never shows what it really looks like and you're frustrated right yeah but you know in that moment we all know this it's not the sunset it's the phone it's the, exactly <laughs> it's the phone that does it or when you're trying to take a photo of the moon right <laughs> like it doesn't but for some reason we forget that when we take photos of us like it's not us, it's the phone that cannot capture the full spectrum of reality. <laughs> and um, that's just so important. I think photographers should talk about this more, should educate others yeah. and their clients about this more. Um, and also, I mean, I think it also another thing that plays into that it is generally showing a more diverse range of people um, of every size, of every color and every mm -hmm. texture and keeping things as real as possible um, instead of distorting reality so that more people have wrong expectations, you know, of what their photos should look like. Yeah, and um, that's reflected in your portfolio, you know, more and more. There's just <laughs> such a range of people, which is beautiful to see, which is unfortunately still rare to see. But mm. I'm I'm really hoping for that change to really come. And I feel yeah. like, yeah, in some areas yeah. in the past couple of years, there's been some movement, you know, mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. BLM, but there's way more work to be done. Yeah.
definitely and i i still think i i think my portfolio is not like just wide enough i don't think it's wide enough like still um for example i would love to just have more people in my portfolio or and just connect with more people who mm-hmm. are not like you know a tiny size you know who are just like average sizes bigger sizes like all the ranges you know and 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 sadly often it's those kind of people who don't want to be photographed yeah you know if you would like to photograph them um and and again that's a whole other conversation to be had around how I see someone and how they see themselves how I see myself and how someone that photographs me you know sees me I only see wow beautiful you know and the other person just starts taking apart every little detail. So um, I think there's always, always more we can do. Um, and as photographers, to be honest, I think we're not doing enough. Um, I think photographers have a huge responsibility in society because 100%. we are, the, yeah, we're the image makers, right? Yeah. And we live in a visual world. And what we feed our brains with visually is what um we start believing and what what we see all the time is what we accept as a standard so if i as a photographer only show one type of person one type of bride one type of you know one it's i i am i am shaping pop culture i'm shaping culture i'm shaping you know what 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 people think is beautiful i'm shaping you know, people's minds with my work, any photographer does that. So I think it's crucial. It's a massive responsibility that we have. And I don't think a lot of photographers are aware of that (laughs) enough um, that they uh, are a part of like these wrong perceptions, you know? 100%. Um, It's really underestimated the power of photography. And Mm -hmm. some people just don't understand it enough. And some people are just on they're not sure what to do about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more we talk about it, the more we put it out there, I think it will reach people. But yes, I am a huge believer that as photographers, there's a lot we can do. And what we put out there is shaping people's minds. It's creating mm-hmm. narratives. Yeah. And we need to be very intentional and conscious about it. And yeah. um yeah, just to share yeah. with you, that was like one of the reasons why I just started a passion project. It's called African Visual Storyteller. And okay. what I'm doing is, yeah, I am more, I'm highlighting African photographers and filmmakers. I just started, I just highlighted my first um, photographer. He's from Ethiopia. He's a deaf photographer and he does a lot of wow. documentary important work. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, there's a huge difference in how Africans photograph and share African stories compared to how foreigners come to the continent and share that story and create a narrative you know Mm. and there's been a lot of damage done through through that and it's still being Mm. done and I see it and I've been talking about it especially the past couple years you know and then I just reached a point like talking is not getting me anywhere it's not getting anybody anywhere you Mm -hmm. know and um it's not you know 
we all can just do what we can do you know so I just thought you know what within the little the power that I have which can mm -hmm. grow but I have at least the connections and the ability to bring this to the forefront talk yeah. about it and actually share number one amplify and mm -hmm. elevate these photographers who don't get the attention that they deserve you know yeah. uh, give them a stage a platform more to show mm -hmm. their work and number two really to to show hey these are the stories this is how they're ethically sharing these stories that need to be told mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. much to that and um yeah you're really speaking to that when you're when you're talking about you know how powerful photography is and the responsibility I have. Yeah, I love that. That is so, so true. That's so important. Where do you share this on like your blog um, or? Yeah, I, I created a very quick website, which is not a standalone. I don't know how my husband did. It's some sort of reframing to my website, but it has a URL <laughs> and I created an Instagram uh, page. So it's pretty much African visual storyteller. And amazing amazing yeah that's I just started beautiful. like a couple weeks ago so it's very very new but it's that's beautiful. thank you I, can, I if you want to I can send you some names like of some African photographers I follow that I think are incredible you might already know them but like yeah I send them over please I'm yeah. compiling lists you know um I'm just doing so many different things and then trying to you know keep it going obviously yeah. and yeah. figuring it out but yeah I I just want to encourage anybody anyone listening yeah. that I love this project that's beautiful thank that's you beautiful. yeah it's good I'm excited about it because I feel like there's so much there to explore and there's yeah. so much I'm learning you know yeah. and it's just how we were chatting last week you know when you talk to a, a diverse number of people like people from different backgrounds you yeah. learn so much more and you, yeah. you learn from their perspective and who they know is people you don't know right mm -hmm. and you learn mm -hmm. from that and it just expands our whole world exactly exactly yeah that's another thing that in the wedding industry I have to say like I feel like there are just these small circles a little bit mm -hmm. in the education mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. and um we need to expand that bubble yeah well you are doing that already with your podcast as well and with what you post on Instagram and like I I know that you have a lot of like educational captions it's not just oh I love the flowers at yesterday's wedding you know <laughs> um, which there's nothing wrong with that but I know that your heart is really into like pushing for change like and and doing something for change and you're doing your part in this already which is incredible and I you know we can just hope that more people see that and follow you know yeah um, I just want them like, the yeah sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you I just want more yeah. people to get on board and also share you know yeah. their point yeah. of view and that's one of the things like I said you know for example Nadia for people like you who are out there and like really speaking their truth it gives mm. more people that confidence and that kind of that permission to yeah. also speak their truth I feel like you know through osmosis you're one of those, those people who kind of like made me feel even more it is uncomfortable going online mm -hmm. and kind of you know saying things but it also does get easier with time <laughs> it does it does get easier and um the, the there's nothing what's the worst that can happen you know 
<laughs> what's the worst that can happen if you do not say anything nothing can change if you say something there will always be people who don't agree but that's fine like not everyone can agree with everyone but if you speak then there's a chance that something is moving you know um so i believe that it's just always worth um speaking your truth you have to yeah you know you have to be discerning when it's like appropriate or a good time but it's always like generally it's um it's always better than than not because as you said it, it gives others permission to do the same and the whole you know showcasing other people and stepping into the responsibility we have as photographers I want to just add that as well because uh, I think it's important to say uh, and you know this I'm sure it's not just for the sake of having you know diverse bodies in my portfolio um, or in your portfolio it's not just for the sake of appearing you know like uh look at me like I'm photographing <laughs> I'm inclusive I'm an inclusive uh, photographer or I'm an inclusive anything else you know it's right. not just for the sake of it it's just precisely because this is a reflection of our real world yeah like why are you excluding all of these other people that exist <laughs> like all of these other cultures and and colors and sizes what you're excluding a huge chunk of the real world um and you're not and and that perpetuates that narrative in the media and and certain images that we have of what should a man look like or what should a woman look like or what right. is this what you know it will just perpetuate damaging um narratives so it's not just for the sake of being inclusive and like scramble for you know a black person in your portfolio which um, some people do <laughs> i know i know and um and and you know this you um, you know this better than i do you know how like and that and all the that comes with that you know the aftermath yeah. that comes with that it's it's about actually showing a reflection of reality and, yeah and and showing the real world, <laughs> not the world that we grew up in that was fabricated, um, you know, that is very, um, yeah, just like set up for a certain type of person. Um, so that's, I think that's important to include. It's not just, oh, be diverse for the sake of it, you know? Um, but why, why, why do you want to be inclusive, you know? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. That's, and I understand that not every photographer, you know, has, all the clients all the different clients that's fine yeah, you know totally um but as much as we can to just represent everyone in order to slowly slowly change um the world and people's perceptions and it is amazing that we have the power as photographers to change things to shape what the world sees that's huge i think not many photographers are actually aware of it on like a day-to-day yeah the power the power what what that power means so i would just say you know use it well <laughs> use it well totally okay so i just want to wrap this up with a quote by the one and only Brene brown because Ooh. she is the queen of vulnerability and all that stuff mm. so she says um vulnerability is the birthplace of love belonging joy courage empathy and creativity it is the source of hope, empathy, accountability, mm. and authenticity, which I think is beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And vulnerability, guys, it's just, it's a practice as well. It's yeah. not something you just master once. It's totally okay to 
to just be a learner in vulnerability, you know, that's totally okay and normal and a beautiful like process as well. Yeah. So, okay, Nadia, you've been incredible. I know we've been chatting long and I'm so glad you gave me all this time to just Oh, I love it. I love all these to topics that's been on my mind and I knew you're the right person to talk to about. So, um, yeah, Thanks. so <laughs> you're welcome. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm just so much is in my mind. <laughs> so I, I can imagine. No, I love, I love talking to you and like exploring all these different I mean, yeah, we could probably make four podcasts out of this. <laughs> Definitely. I think we're going to get on another one for sure again. But in the meantime, I want people for sure to follow you online. So if you want to share where they can best find you, please go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram mostly. If I post anything, it's probably Instagram uh, at Nadia Meli. And I also have another account that's linked on that um, Nadia Amelia account where I just post work um, so one is personal one is more work it's just portraits 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 so if you're not interested in cats or in long captions <laughs> then you can just follow the work one if you like um, my website is nadiameli.com I also have a online course for photographers um, who kind of want to dig and define their signature style um, it's called the Signature Star System. Um, and I created that because I kind of realized I was getting trapped into the cycle of trying to edit like this person and trying to look like this person, looking on Pinterest for inspiration for poses um, and getting like blackouts at photo shoots because I didn't know what to do. Um, and I was, my head was full of Pinterest poses and stuff like that. So um, I made that for photographers who feel the same way and really want to be more free when they shoot, free to be themselves. Um, and I also run a podcast called The Signature Boss. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, find me. <laughs> yes, and just go over to the show notes because that's what I love to do. We'll link everything out. So <laughs> thank you. Nadia, thank you. Thank you. You're incredible. And we're going to do this again for sure. I would love that. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode and listening till the very end. I know that it was a bit longer than usual, but I can chat with Nadia for hours. If you want to catch more of our conversations, you can tune into our chat about lens distortion and body dysmorphia hosted by Pepper. And coming out very soon on the Pixie Step podcast, Nadia has me on as a guest where we talk about my work in helping overwhelmed wedding photographers. I also want to encourage you to sign up for Nadia's newsletter called Life Letters. She offers a free version and an option for a premium subscription. I've learned so much from her which has broadened my perspective and way of thinking. I can only highly recommend it to you. And like always, the links to everything that I've mentioned here is in the show notes. Wish you a lovely rest of the week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. For the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.